You're listening to the Chelsea Zerna Podcast, a podcast that inspires conscious leaders to live meaningful lives and to get in touch with the deepest parts of the human experience. My name's Chelsea Zerna, and I'm a women's empowerment coach with the mission of rewilding the feminine back into society. Each week, I have a conscious conversation with best-selling authors, inspiring leaders, and spiritual lightworkers who aren't afraid to step into the unknown and explore the greatest truths of life. Thanks for listening. This is a, a really special podcast. Danielle Dillard, she was actually my first coach, and she transformed my life. I'm not kidding when I say that. She has been such a powerful force in my life. Danielle was the first person to introduce me to the feminine masculine. And this was when I was still at IBM. I actually took our first call while I was at the IBM office. (laughs) And I originally approached Danielle and I said, I want some coaching. I want to start a business and I'm not really sure where to go. And she said, you know, before you start this business, why don't we drop into your soul And I was like, well, I just want to get started. And she's like, well, take a step back and just allow yourself to integrate all of the thoughts and all of the emotions that you've been having into something very cohesive so that when you start the business, you feel very aligned. And that was probably the best thing that I've ever could have done because it kind of catapulted me to go to Mind Valley to take this nomadic journey. And, um, And then I did start the business out of a place of deep alignment. And I credit a lot of this to Danielle. She's a really incredible force. She's not only an energy transformation coach, but she's also a Reiki master. So she does a lot with healing. She's a retreat leader and she's a multidimensional channel in the Akashic Records. Um, And if you're not familiar with the Akashic Records, we're going to dive into a lot of that on this call. And Danielle is also 100% nomadic, so she travels as her lifestyle. It's pretty incredible. So Danielle, welcome to the call. It's so great to have you on the podcast. Chelsea, I'm so stoked to be here. I'm just smiling so big because I remember some of our first chats together and I remember feeling like the power of your soul and it's so great to be here and connecting you with you in this way. It's been a few years that we've really leapt into business and our expansion and everything. So it's truly my honor to be here with you. And I'm so proud of like both of us for the journey that we've been on <laughs> these last few years. For sure. Me too. Yeah. Both of us have been on quite the journey looking at all the traveling and yeah. And you're, you started an entirely new, um, level two, I would say, of your Akashic uh, business, which was, I've been watching that and it's beautiful. Yeah. Should we just start there? Should we dive into the Akashic realm together right now? Yes. I feel like everyone on this call is like, what is the Akashic? Yeah. Okay. So we're going to go into like a short teaching and then we're actually going to experience and feel it if you want to. So let me explain a little bit about what this is. It might sound a bit woo-woo to those of you that are basic, maybe new on your soul journey or haven't yet explored all of these amazing corners of this like spirituality, this huge umbrella world that we have to explore. And so the Akashic realm is it's a field of energy. So the Akashic Records is a field of energy which holds all the past, present, and future timelines of all beings and existence and all reality. And it also holds the resonance of all possible past, present, future realities and all dimensions that exist. It is literally a record, live and active, of all things in all times by all beings in all dimensions. So where is the Akashic Records resting? Well, it's resting in the now because all vibrations of everything that have ever existed or will exist are here in the now. So those possibilities, those potentialities, that past, that present, that future, that can only ever be connected 
or experienced through the now. So it rests in all things within you and around you. The trees, your cells, your chakras are data centers that hold your Akashic records. So I love personally bringing like Reiki energy work with the Akasha and opening up and channeling into people's chakras to really kind of understand how their energy is moving. And everything's about you becoming the master creator of your life because you being the master creative or creator of your life is all about energy flow. And the Akashic records are sort of this like, it's this collective consciousness that can reflect back your potential in every moment. So channeling is going to look different. It's going to be based around where your kind of gifts are. And everyone can channel in the Akashic realm. Again, it's like a high frequency resource that lives outside of time. And it's it sounds so out there, but it's so real. It's so close to home. Like channeling the Akasha, to me, it feels like grounding, warmth. It feels cozy. It feels like truth, right? Because truth is always grounding. Truth mm-hmm. is so fucking grounding. So for you, you may, if you have a really activated third eye, you may receive more like visuals and visions of entering the Akashic realm. And that may be how the records and your Akashic masters, which is the keepers of your records, they may speak to you more through visuals, or you may get a lot of feelings, right? Clairsentient. You may be clairvoyant, see a lot of colors that goes back to that visuals. You may be clairaudient. You may hear a voice. You may be, you may be just a knowing, a person who knows things and has a really sharp mind and that may be how they really speak to you and you can activate all of those senses in my opinion we're born activated we're born so intuitive we're born psychic and we kind of shut that down throughout our life and truly all of us can go on this really incredible journey of reopening that back up and so what questions do you have I know it's a big topic. And just to, I kind of just want to ground it even further a little bit more. So for somebody who is brand new to the Akashic Records, the Akashic Realm, it's basically a book of your past, present, and future of all of your souls and past lives and future lives, right? So you can kind of go back and um, look at potentially where you came from and draw information about your patterns and why you are the way you are today from like a soul level versus a conditioning level. Is that right? Like how would Mm -hmm. we use the Akashic records in our everyday life for something that's not necessarily tapping into psychic powers, but just tapping into the here and now? Totally. So it's absolute connection to your soul. So it's exploration of your soul. So for me, when I first started channeling in the Akashic realm two years ago, I, which I just connected to someone, a coach, and I was actually on her podcast and she started entering the Akashic realm and she was sending these emails where she felt this power moving through her arms. She was channel writing. And I knew, and I, I knew that I had to connect to this. I just felt it. I knew it. And I connected and we spent a few months working together and I just opened full connection to the records and be able to, and was able to channel fully myself. Um, but at first, I, it was so fun to me to explore my soul lessons in this lifetime. So I'm here to learn authenticity, service, and presence and lightness. So for example, if I take lightness away as one of my soul lessons, if something isn't feeling light, it's really for me to dig into and understand the heaviness there because that's not that's what I meant to move through to come home to the lightness that my soul's here to learn in my evolution here in this lifetime. So I explored soul lessons. I explored past relationships to really understand what the soul dynamic that was there, if there was one. And if there wasn't necessarily kind of a soul contract, if some people would say, what was my soul learning through this person and how could I fully integrate that lesson? Because it's like we enter these soul lessons. It's like we enter these invisible containers and we walk in these um, containers throughout our life and we're sitting in this lesson and this lesson is, is with us and it's with us in our relationships and our work, etc. Until we truly open our eyes, our heart, our whole body to really learn this lesson and integrate it into our being, we're still being poked by this lesson. So that's the embodiment of the lesson. 
Mm, that's so great yes and as humans we're really here to create and to evolve and to love and expand and all of these things and part of um, this evolution is learning and treating life as almost school so I'm sure with the work that you do everything that we come up against like these triggers or um, things that happen that could feel uncomfortable or resistant are actually opportunities to lean into and learn from. So how can we use the Akashic mm. records to kind of dive into our triggers and kind of the things that are causing tension or resistance in our lives? I love that. So yeah, I love Paul Selig is a really powerful channeler and he talks about the upper room, the higher octave. So I love to think about working with the Akashic records as like my stairs or my elevator, like stepping into the higher octave, which in that space is pure unconditional love and higher understanding. So of course it's a vibration, it's a frequency, it's a level of consciousness. So there is nowhere physically to go. It's in your body right? Your whole, your chakra system, it can rebirth into higher states of consciousness. So it's like we go on this incredible journey of opening to this life force energy flowing through our body, opening our root chakra to its highest potential. Our root chakra is down at the base of the spine. It's all about safety and security, our foundation in the physical world, right? So our root chakra, we get to explore our highest potential and our root in the Akashic realm. So on a human level, and then even beyond the human level into the cosmic and really marry the higher self with the earth self and doing that in every single chakra. And if I just ground this and kind of just talk about it on a really like easy to understand scale, the chakras can grow up into higher states of consciousness. And think about this as the ego passing the torch to the soul. The ego is not in control of our root chakra. The soul is fully illuminating our root, is grounding our root, is strengthening our root, and everything comes from that powerful foundation. So your Shakti energy, your life force, chi, prana, whatever you want to call it, that feeling inside of you where you're fucking alive, that comes from a nourished, strong root. And from there, all of your gifts can open up your purpose, your power, because everything to live out your soul mission in this lifetime, it is in you. It's in your cells, right? It's silly to think that you couldn't hold everything to bring your being fulfillment, to bring your being purpose, for you to feel so full and for you to walk your highest path it's silly to not think that's inside of you, right? Mm -hmm. I understand. I lived that 26, 27, 28 years of my life not believing that I had everything inside of me and I was busy looking outside for answers, especially mm -hmm. in relationships, in um, patterns of codependency and just searching, just searching. I was searching my whole life mm -hmm. until I started to find well, until I awakened, until and Akashic records were a huge piece to my awakening because every time I connected, it was like this light frequency coming in through my crown chakra, dripping through my body, through my chakra system, starting to like very so gently break up this dense energy wherever it was in my chakra system. And eventually I birthed into a frequency where it was just effortless to connect to the records. But at first it really, I could feel the difference. I could feel that light mm -hmm. frequency. And I spent maybe an hour, two hours, and then I would close the records because it was, it was kind of exhausting because of where my, the density was in my field. Yeah. And then when I connected, yeah. Okay. So, so. at the beginning it was actually, more difficult because it was more dense or more kind of there was more resistance in your body and now you feel you can right. handle a lot longer and more clearer because it is a little mm -hmm. bit more fluid right and it's effortless to connect like I could channel right now I could close my eyes open up my throat chakra and say Akashic Masters please move through my throat for this incredible podcast for who's ever listening what is the message that is most received that could be received yeah do you want me to do that yes I would love for you to do that and before you do it just really quick are you channeling um, does everyone have the same amount of guides? I'm assuming that it's like specific guides that are specific to you. Like how many does each person have and what are you connecting to? 
So every person has their own Akashic masters, their own soul team. So typically when you're channeling in the Akashic realm, you ask for masters, teachers, and loved ones to move through you. So for example, my grandfather that's passed has moved through me. Most of the time I'm connecting with the Akashic masters and the way that they want to be, um, the way that they feel it will most be received by the collective at this time is to understand that they have their own Akashic masters. So you, Chelsea, have your own Akashic masters that are communicating with your higher self. Mm-hmm. And really behind the scenes, what they've shared with me is they're really working as a collective. Um, but they're almost like y- you can't quite understand that. Mm-hmm. Like it's hard to explain. So you have your own masters that are guiding your soul through this lifetime. And the masters actually told me that they were starting to come through me years before I was conscious channeling. Mm. So everyone, any psychic, any healer, anyone who's really activated their channel and is allowing this energy to move through them and they're trusting it and they're all channeling in the Akashic realm. You can't not channel in the Akashic realm because it is the universe. It is the quantum field, the Akasha. Um, So some people are doing it unconsciously and it's really powerful to consciously connect because you can receive those direct downloads that they've been trying to tell you maybe through angel numbers, messages, et cetera. It's the most powerful direct communication I've ever had with my soul team and my higher Mm, self. That's amazing. Yes. I think I've done it only twice um, in my whole life and it was actually this past year and it felt like um, I was talking to like... It felt like a guide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Akashic masters have never been in physical form, in human form. So where some other members of your soul team, of course, ancestors, things like that, have experienced the human journey, the Akashic masters have always been kind of like the framework of all reality. And they're extremely close to our creator. So yeah, there it's, it's kind of a wild, the Akashic realm is huge. And my specialty channeling, channeling in the Akashic realm is all around soul purpose and relationship. So I can channel other things. I can channel about health, things like that. Um, but my flow where my whole being lights up because it's so aligned with my purpose is around soul purpose, soul lessons, soul truths, um, basically coming home to your soul essence and bringing people home to that. And cause it's magic. That's the ecstasy of inner flow. That is, that's ecstasy. That's the highest, that taste of your soul, that embodiment of your soul, like nothing beats it. Nothing in the external could ever like beat that feeling. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I would love to go through a, um, a demonstration if you'd like to take us through one. Yeah, I'd love to. So we did a little bit of teaching. Of course, take what resonates. I want you to know that you are your own soul master, your own master. So if anything's not resonating, just let it roll off and receive what you feel is um, activating you today, what's really resonating, right? That resonance in the body. I'm going to allow the Akashic masters to actually flow through my voice and guide you into an experiencing of this frequency. It's completely safe. It tends to feel very light, maybe warm, loving, comforting. If your channel's pretty clear, you'll feel it a bit more than someone who's still kind of holding a lot of dense energy in their chakras. Nothing's right, nothing's wrong. We're all on these beautiful journeys that are unfolding um, and here for our evolution. So wherever you are, just meet yourself there today and open to whatever's here for you. So closing your eyes, come back to your breath. Slow down the breath. There's nowhere to go. Drop any expectation. Drop any fantasy as to what this could be like. The best thing is to experience it so pure. Maybe there are a little bit of nerves. What's going to happen? This is the unknown. But can you open to a feeling that could change your life? Slowing down the breath. Come into your center. Maybe you automatically go to your heart. Maybe you go to your stomach area, your solar plexus chakra, 
Maybe you drop a little lower and your womb is calling you in during this experience. Trust where you are guided in your body. That is where awakening can happen. Through channeling the clear voice, the soul voice, and the soul can speak to you all over your body through every chakra. So coming into your center, connect to your inner light, the eternal flame within you that can never go out. Feel if it feels bright, if it feels a little quiet, not judging, judgment keeps us stuck. Just getting curious. How bright is my inner light burning today? So we're grounding into your core being and we're going to activate from that place. It's important that anytime we're kind of expanding our frequency, we do it from a grounded place. And now come to the crown of your head. Just bring your awareness there. That's your crown chakra. Connection to higher self, to oneness, to the higher realms. Imagine that there's a lotus flower there at the crown of your head. Imagine this lotus flower opening with your intention, with your breath. Maybe you're already taking fuller breaths. Stay with your breath. Imagine a silvery white light starting to rain down through your crown. This is ether. This is the element of the akasha. This is spaciousness. This is potentiality. Feel this love, this gentle invitation into higher understanding. Yes, all in a frequency. Feel it start to move through your body, move through your chakra system. Feel it start to hug you. This is light intelligence. It's in you. It's pulsing in your cells. It's hugging you. The universe is on your team, has your back. So see if you can just take a few deep breaths. That invites an integration of the frequency kind of a marriage of the frequency, the light frequency with your body becoming one. And feel the inner light that you first connected to start to expand. Sensing, feeling. This is a very magnetic state to be in. This is the time to ask the universe for support around something in your life that maybe you're feeling like energy isn't flowing. There's resistance there. There's fear there. Can you invite support around one area of your life right now. Just feel it in your body. I invite support around, relating to the masters, the Akashic masters will start to work into an area in your body that feels kind of dense. So this is where the blockages are, right? Everything is energetic. So If we're feeling blocked in our relationship, 
where in the body are we feeling blocked? Is it our heart? Is it our sacral? Is it somewhere else? Everything in our external is a reflection of our internal. So they may start to kind of work through like a dense energy area. And they'll be with you. If you invite them to be here, they'll sit with you for the rest of this, you know, podcast session. If, if you want to sit here and be with them while you continue listening to us and just kind of opening up your field, healing is about opening, right? Where do we feel closed in the body, in our mind, in our life? That is where your greatest awakening is going to happen. You are here to be open to life, available for life to happen for you. So I want to kind of pause there and just come back into um, this space with you, Chelsea. How are you feeling? Good. Very light. Very good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's so interesting to me when we're truly grounded, right? And truth is so grounding. The body doesn't feel heavy. We actually feel incredibly light, but we feel so connected to the body. Right? Yeah. The body is our antenna, our channel, our vehicle for awakening in this lifetime. Long gone are the days where we see enlightenment being a, like any kind of experience of ignoring the body. Now the body is fully like our vehicle for transcendence. Mm -hmm. And that like excites me because things are shifting. For We're sure. We're evolving. I, I really, really feel that. Even on like the astrological plane, there's three planets that are coming together in 2020 that haven't come together. And I don't know if it's been since the beginning, like 25,000 years. So it's supposed to be like a very pivotal time. Um, I think it's Pluto, um, Jupiter, and Saturn, which is all about like rapid transformation, change, breaking down of structures and expansion. And like that mm. combination together is supposed to be really, really powerful for the awakening of consciousness on our planet. And I truly feel 2020 is going to be a massive year. With that awakening... I also feel comes a lot of um, eruption and change. And sometimes change isn't always pleasant. Like anytime you clean out a closet, it has to get really, really messy. Like you take everything out before you put it back in and neaten it out. And I feel like mm -hmm. sometimes that happens in humanity as well. Like a lot of things need to like come out and be cleaned out before they can be put back in. And um, I feel that potentially being able to heal and using different modalities such as the Akashic or Reiki healing or all these other forms could actually be tools for going into this transformational period of time in a, a more powerful, more aligned, more prepared way. Mm, I totally feel you. I feel like the Akashic masters have been kind of like the master, they are the masters of my soul journey in a way that they're holding my records while recognizing like the intelligence of my own soul. Um, it's like they've been managing my growth path in a way and helping me integrate these wild experiences that I have. Like for example, sitting with ayahuasca mm -hmm. summer 2018 and, and a few times since then, it was the it, the most powerful experiences for me came from probably ayahuasca as far as consciousness expanders yeah. ayahuasca and sitting in sitting with the akashic realm daily for 2 years those completely transformed my state of being but i don't think without the support of the akashic masters and in, in integrating the ayahuasca experience i would have been able to truly understand everything that was happening like a lot of ancestral healing there's a lot of mental illness in my family so i was going through I was healing mental illness while sitting with ayahuasca. It's so wild. <laughs> That's so wild. So yeah. Wild. I would love to hear more about that journey. I feel that, um, yeah, you know, that's becoming a, a more um, recognized tool for healing and expansion now. And the integration piece, it's not just having an experience, but it's like truly integrating it. It's kind of like going to a conference and taking in all the information and then leaving and mm -hmm. doing nothing with it or like not knowing what to do because there's just so much. And I feel like having tools and different ways of like grounding that information mm -hmm. and like um, even potentially having different healing methods are right. part of the experience. 
Yes, that's that embodiment piece, right? Because we can have an experience and this experience is, you know, existing in our mind and we're telling it from the mind. But until we fully integrate the experience into our body, into our cells, into our channel where it becomes wisdom versus just knowledge, right? Like knowledge is of the mind, experiences of the body, and those two together create that wisdom. So you can imagine that like that deep awakened person that has integrated all of these incredible experiences that they've had and they feel embodied in what they know and they teach from their body. They don't need to teach from a book or from the mind or from what someone else said or it doesn't, it's like you take in that information, that knowledge, you integrate it into your being and then it becomes yours. And it probably awakens your own wisdom because you have your own magic wisdom that you're here on earth to share from your channel, your soul. Mm, yeah, for sure. What has your um, journey looked like? Like what was your integration process? Well, I feel like this whole year to me has been about integration and embodiment. Um, it became really important to me to fully be illuminated in my truth and to meet every part of me that wasn't fully on board with something that I was saying, I could just, if there was any resistance in my body, how gently could I come and meet it and bring love into that space and invite all of me into this wholeness. So this whole year has been about embodiment and wholeness. And I feel so grounded in my wisdom in a way that before I tasted it, right? If wisdom is a river, I've come and I've drank from the river and I've dipped my toes in the river. I've played in the river, this river of Reiki, of magic, of truth, of higher understanding, of Akasha wisdom, whatever you want to call it. We're talking about that energy. But I wasn't fully illuminated and bathing and active, like action in my life completely from that river. Right. So I could taste the magic, but I wasn't fully embodied in the magic. And I could, yeah. I probably was in the magic, I don't know, 80% last year, but there was still a 20% I could feel that wasn't fully activated. Like, right. And so this year has been meeting that 20% with so much love, inviting it into this light, this truth that is just pulsing through my body. The old stories are so faint. The not enoughness, the feeling unsafe. Like, do they show up once in a while? Yes. But they're so faint and I can see illusion. I can feel it like miles away, right? I can feel the untruth. And so I'm not acting from the untruth that's hiding in my body. Um, and of course, I'm fully open to learning more and more about these parts of myself that could be still in the shadows. But the guides tell me like, let it be messy, Danielle. Think about childbirth, like coming into the world like life is chaotic. Life is messy. Let it be this wild, messy journey. Let yourself have the human experience. Toss per this idea of perfection out the window because it never served you. It never served you. So I feel like there was a huge relief and freedom that emerged from me in the last year, year and a half, where especially after the ayahuasca experience where I was just like, nothing matters and everything matters. You know, like to live in that space, that field, like Rumi talks about that field, right? Beyond yeah. right and wrongdoing, there is a field. I'll meet you there. Beyond duality, that's where the soul lives, that meadow, that river, whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to visualize it as. And now I'm finally like playing in that all the time. And sometimes, you know, dancing out, taking a walk through a shadowy forest to understand this frustration that's a pattern that keeps coming up. Okay, what are you teaching me? But I get to be in the meadow and I've gone so deep in the work and there's probably still a magical path ahead of me. There always is. Um, healing now to me is more about opening and awakening versus like this, like anything is broken or wrong or nothing, like it's an emergency to heal, fix, do something about. Um, so yeah, like I'll be on this healing, opening, awakening journey my whole life and illuminating. For sure. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's also a beautiful way of saying it, like your whole life journey, things are always going to come up and it's, it's another tool for you to be able to use when things come up to be able to say, okay, let me go through this and maybe channel the Akashic realm or let me do Reiki healing or something where, um, you are, uh, creating this, um, almost like, uh, path for evolution and 
you know, throughout your life, I feel throughout all of our lives, we're always growing and evolving because like shit's always happening. Like we're always, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like we're, we're always going to have to deal with things coming up. Um, yeah. It's such a dance. It's such yeah. a dance. Yeah. I stopped judging the dance and being like, why am I still experiencing this frustration? Why is this pattern still present? Instead of bringing judgment in immediately, it's like, oh, interesting. Okay. There's more here for me. Yeah, this journey, this past year for me as as well has been more about getting curious about like the chaos of life versus like freaking out about the chaos of life. Like things come up and instead mm-hmm. of being like, holy shit, what am I going to do next? It's more like, okay, this is really interesting. Like, why is this coming up for me again? Or why is this coming up for me the first time? Is there something that I haven't yet healed from my past or learned from about my past and am I attracting this into my life for a certain reason or is it something that yeah. you know what I mean it's like is this something that yes. I am bringing on to myself because there's something that's still left untouched mm-hmm. and when we realize that we're always safe in our experience no matter what whether we're in bankruptcy we're in debt we're in we're moving through divorce we are moving through failure in our business we're moving through massive success or increased visibility and and maybe there's there's um fear there for our being our human but when we realize that we're truly always safe and that everything is happening for us and that we're always held by this highly intelligent universe If we believe that we're always safe in our experience and when we take off that jacket of fear and we're just fully sinking into whatever we're experiencing, whether before we've labeled it good, bad, positive, negative, if we like let down the labels and just recognize, oh, I'm having a human experience, whether it's success or failure, I am so safe to have this experience. And what am I learning through the success, through the failure, just through the pure experience of living. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing you brought up earlier was your relationship to perfectionism and how you've you've been releasing that. And perfectionism is um, almost another form of wanting to like control the future. It's like this idea that this has to be a right. certain way and this has to be perfect. What has been your journey? Because I know you've been going through a whole journey of releasing control, shedding layers constantly. And it's Mm -hmm. so, when we're in fear states, it's so easy to want to shift directly into control. Like that's our first thing. What can I do in this situation to take control? And there's actually a lot of beauty in doing the opposite. And I would love to hear how you've been navigating that space between I'll say the word surrender, which can be really triggering for people, but also really powerful and control. Mm-hmm. One of my first sitting with ayahuasca, she revealed to me that I had hidden perfectionism, like hiding in my chakra system, in my conditioned body, and in my conditioned mind. And I started exploring this more and more in my life. I recognized people pleasing. Um, I recognized sometimes isolating if I was in a funkier, like a stickier space in my life, not coming out fully to be present in my social circles or online when I'm moving through something. And there was an intelligence of my being in that, but also a fear of like the vulnerability of not being perfect. And perfectionism was confusing to me at first because mine was so hidden from me. And I had grown up with so much control, this you know, fiery red control. Like I imagine this energy in my childhood household and I couldn't escape the energy of control and control was such a teacher to me, but I also did everything in my life to not be controlling, but then it was silent and hidden. So it was kind of this mind twist for me and even like have gone into like, even with ayahuasca state of psychosis of like being really confused about this fear and this energy. And Finally, I just relaxed into it and was just like, okay, what am I so afraid of? 
What am I so afraid of? And I just explored my fears and I meditated into seeing my fears sitting around a bonfire, all wearing masks. And there were a lot of them. And I took all the masks off and I recognized underneath my deepest fears, I could see faces of people I loved. And I had learned these fears. I had, I'd been conditioned into these fears. And what the only fear that I feel like my soul was true to my soul was a fear of not knowing my highest potential in this lifetime and not knowing unconditional love and not letting it pulse through my body and getting to the end of my life and looking back and realize that fear was hiding in all of my decisions and all of my relationships. So ultimately exploring my fear freed me from my fear and exploring it in my body to body. Where are you feeling fear? Where is energy not flowing? Befriending it. Like you're not in trouble. Like you didn't do anything wrong. Just like, let, let me get to know you. Can I understand what you're really afraid of so that I can illuminate truth here? Because underneath all fear, there's an illuminated truth. There's a light. That's your inner light. That's your soul light. And your soul is not afraid. Your soul is not afraid. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And so did you curiously dive into each of these fears and explore and put yourself in situations where you were almost testing these fears? Or was it more of a, a process of healing through asking why and kind of going deeper into self? Like, what was that process like? Kind of both. Sometimes I was activating the fear, like learning to surf in Costa Rica. It was very terrifying for me. Um, and then there was just a lot of fear wrapped up in that experience. But then a lot of times what was truly healing for me was kind of a more of a feminine way of approaching it was placing my hands on my body, doing a little bit of gentle Reiki, touching my own body, being with my chakras, holding my womb space, meditating into my body, somatic meditation, going into my body, learning to feel my body. That's our birthright to be able to feel and understand and know what our body's messages are. Going into my body, into the chakra, sitting with my sacral chakra, being with that place, meeting any kind of walls of resistance and just inviting opening, open, open, open open, inviting breath of new energy there into that space, recognizing the old story, not criticizing it, judging it, recognizing it's there, trusting there was a process to release here, but building momentum with the new story and allowing the release. And knowing that when I was triggered, I worked hard to bring that energy up from deep in my body. So like I worked hard to bring sadness, to melt the frustration that was protecting the sadness and then melt the frustration, come into the sadness. The sadness is when you know the ego is dissolving. That sadness is the ego dissolving is what Matt Kahn says that I deeply resonate with in his teachings. So not judging myself when I felt highly triggered. Frustration is the biggest like quote unquote lower vibrating emotion that I experience right now in my creative process. Um, you said frustration. Frustration. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that I've been yeah. sitting with frustration a lot lately. And ex when I melt frustration, sadness is what's underneath. And it's usually mm -hmm. sadness relating to me having stepped out of my center. Whether I created from out of my center, I related out of my center, I went long periods out of my center. And yeah, so that's kind of what I'm dancing. That's amazing. And, you know, a good analogy to that is whenever someone has a song stuck in their head, the way to get the song out of their head is by actually completing singing the entire song, like going through the entire song. And it's that. almost similar with, yeah, and it's almost similar because our brain likes to complete loops. Mm. And it's almost similar to like emotional states where you're talking about the way you got through the fear was by leaning further into it and looking at what was beneath the fear, feeling all of the emotion around the fear, fully experiencing it and closing the loop, mm. right? Totally. And we're always on this journey. Like transparently right now, I've been so in the feminine this year and letting her guide completely my creative process. She guided me into success that I didn't write down at the end of the year. I didn't expect. And it it's a success in so many forms, opportunities of places to live, financial abundance, client, full client list, waiting list, um, full 
two full sold out retreats, the abundance that came from that. And now I'm at a place of really ready to invite the masculine to come back in with some stronger processes. But I need that, I needed that sacred pause away from the masculine almost this entire year to let the feminine rise so deeply to meet how strong and powerful my masculine was. And now I'm so ready for like deeper union. And so that's what I've been focused and that that frustration is coming up because my feminine is getting burnt out of not being held by the masculine. So Everything, when I connect it all back and I'm like, this makes so much sense. And I'm not like judging myself for having been only in the feminine all year for the most part. Um, I'm just recognizing, okay, it's time. If it's coming up, totally. it's time. How how much can I open my eyes and heart to the lesson that's here right now and marry my feminine and masculine in my heart space and birth a new way of creating in 2020? Because we're continuing to level up, right? If we want something we've never had, it's time for us to do something we've never done. So we continuously level up in our creative process. And yeah, so I'm in that phase right now. Totally. It's like the pendulum swing, like being very much in your masculine, which I resonate with fully, swinging really deep into the feminine, which you spent the whole year doing, and now coming back as 2020, this integrated 2020 vision of both of these, this yin and the yang energy coming totally into integration so that one is supporting the other. I feel that so strongly. Mm, And that's balance for me. And that's been the same thing. I reunited with my partner after he was away working for five months in September. And so the last few months we've been in deep togetherness and I've been playing and just being really present in our relationship. And I was chatting with my guides out in the desert recently, and I was sitting with mushroom and doing a really sacred ceremony and sitting with my guides. And I was asking them just like, is this balanced? And they're like, it's, it's so balanced for you to go so deep in this relationship and learn so much and allow his presence to be so grounding to you, to your business, come into the flow with him. And now I recognize it's time and I've been able to express this to him. It's time to fully focus on me and my business walking out of 2019 and into 2020. And sometimes that's balance, right? To go so fully in a relationship or a project. And that's something that Elizabeth Gilbert said a few years ago, she said for her and her creative process, she goes so deep into the creative process and then she comes out and takes a break and travels or something like that. And that super resonated for me. (laughs) Me too. That's exactly how I do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My balance is going really, really deep into something and then switching into something else and creating balance through kind of like intense focused periods of time. Yeah. And that's switching that intensity to other areas of life. Uh, I feel you. <laughs> I feel you. That's so good. Yeah. So this was super, uh, this was amazing. Talking about the Akashic records, going into your creative process, the feminine masculine energy. Um, if you, if we could wrap up with something that um, everybody listening could take away from the call and actually implement and start practicing in their own life. Maybe it's something about um, like steps for getting deeper into the Akashic records or how to get curious or balance their own energies. What would that uh, process look like for you? Awesome. I love this. So to me, there's kind of this process into fully activating your channel to channel in the Akashic realm. So I think about it as, as this process of clearing and activating your channel coming into receiving, coming into surrender, and then really getting to activate your channel. And there's definitely the part of like understanding your inner voice so that you know when you're channeling non-local intuition, you know the difference between the voices of what's local intuition and non-local intuition. So depending on where you are in your journey, if you're like, yeah, I've got my intuition voice down on lock, you're probably so ready to channel in the Akashic realm. If you're still a little bit in the beginning of gaining momentum with hearing your intuition, that's probably the best place to start. And I call that soul channeling. But I want to touch on clearing and activating your channel because that's something you can do now on the way to channeling in the Akasha or hearing your soul voice more clearly. So you are a channel. 
And your channel, it's your chakra and energy system, right? So a lot of times we talk about the seven main chakras that govern different aspects of your energy field. And they, um, they're from the root chakra, which is at the base of the spine, but it includes the legs and the feet all the way to the crown of your head. But really you have these channels of energy all over your body, all over. So when you, your channel is fogged and unclear, you are fogged and unclear. And activating your channel is about opening. So when chakras get closed, energy gets collected in the wheel. Chakra means wheel in Sanskrit, and it's no longer flowing to its higher capacity. So from here, the information in your chakra, the information you're receiving, it's not clear, vibrant, or highly activated. The energy be energy becomes fogged. When multiple chakras are fogged, which is typical because they're all working together, the whole channel sort of goes to sleep and is no longer highly activated. But energy loves to move and dance and shift. And this is just about unlocking your energy flow again, unlocking yourself, your soul. So I highly recommend coming into some kind of um, like soul work, whatever you want to call it, right? Creating some space for yourself to come home to yourself. You can call this whatever you want. I love working with really simple tools, but going like so deep with the tools. So to start, I would recommend building some momentum with a meditation and journaling routine. Of course, you're going to know best. So if there's a different tool that works for you better, um, go for it. But coming into meditation, for those of you that are highly activated in the mind, like me and Chelsea, for those of you that have busy energy, maybe going for a run, kind of running out that energy first, and then gently coming into um, your meditation so that you can meditate into the body, right? A lot of times we're meditating up and I think it's really powerful to clear your channel, to come into somatic meditation of meditating into your body, into your field. And you're going to gain momentum with this and with your practice. Think of it as a practice. There is no perfection. So think of it as a practice that you show up to every day. So meditating into your body, into your chakra system. And then after maybe 10, 15, 20, maybe even 30 minutes of meditation, going straight into your journal and doing stream of consciousness writing, right? Not prompting yourself, not writing about what you experienced in your day or um, how you're feeling, but unless that comes out, great. But close your eyes, feel a buzzing in your wrist, invite your soul to dance into your writing arm and move with that energy, like move with that energy that can be clearing for your body, your chakras. Writing is one of my favorite tools for transmuting energy, actually. So that was the first exercise. What I just shared with y'all was the first thing that when I first started channeling in the Akashic realm, they disciplined me into to start activating my channel. So meditation and journaling. That's amazing. Yeah. So I hope that resonates with you. And of course, like take what resonates, leave the rest. Uh, you're your own master. You have your own truth within. And all I can do is share uh, like an energy, right? What's powerful about these kind of sessions, um, these kind of interviews, these kind of podcast calls is the energy that we bring in, the energy that you feel, that's a taste of your soul, a taste of your inner light. And it's up to you to keep like expanding that light and coming home. So you can take people to the river. You can take the horse to the river, but you can't make them drink, right? So you can activate them. You can show them the tools, but until you really start to create the space, take that sacred pause in your life to connect with your own soul, to connect with your own soul team and your masters, it's going to be a concept that isn't felt. You're going to get it maybe on a conceptual level, but until you feel it, that is what is life-changing. So, yeah. Mm, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Danielle. Yeah, thank I you. I love it. And if people want to uh, connect with you further, how can people reach you best? I love the gram. So I'm Danny two underscores wild on Instagram, or you can just email me, hello at DanielleDiller.com. I'd so love to hear from you. Perfect. Awesome. Thanks yeah. so much, Danielle. Thank you. 